0: Warning,
1: the following content may be disturbing to some individuals. Consumer discretion is advised.
2: Sirens of the Supernatural Hey there, it's Rhonda and Lindsay from Sirens of the Supernatural, and as promised, we are here at the Martha Washington Inn, staying in room 403, supposedly the most haunted room in the inn, but we're learning throughout Rhonda the day, day. <laughs> that it's one of many haunted places in and around the inn, and we've just been enjoying this beautiful building uh for most of the evening and the grounds are gorgeous amazing mm-hmm. so and pretty. S- it is and we had a chance to go sit in the library and just relax by the fire which we'll tell you about in more in a minute but yeah. um we wanted to make sure that you guys could see the entirety of the room so we're gonna span around we have a little sitting area here but the rest of the room um has a bed and some older furniture it's very nice it's quite a large room and it has a modern bathroom and a large closet
0: it's like they did some updating and re- renovations but it mm-hmm. still very much has the vibe of an you know, like old mm-hmm. tiny hotel room
2: yeah it does and um we have some extra lighting in here because it's kind of dark. There are overhead lights and many lamps, but um, we're on the very top floor, and as heat rises, you may hear the air kick on in here. We're trying to cool it off a little bit. <laughs> if some ghosts would show up, that would be I know. Cool. <laughs> it's like Beth, you
0: can show up anytime. Lower the temperature a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's, it's a beautiful...
2: Uh, location and we have uh, taken some videos around the property that we will also uh, include in this episode so that you guys can see uh, all that we've taken in today it's beautiful and as far as the building goes um, we wanted to tell you some things about the building and how old it is and how much history is in these walls Uh, and a lot of this info comes from the martha.com website and the Vintage Traveler website, and also I visit a, a website called Haunted Places to Go, just to see, you know, if I could put together a timeline of the the building itself.
0: Well, then we'll have to go more haunted places. Mm, true. <laughs> so
2: in one thousand, eight hundred and thirty-two, this building uh, was built as a private home in Abingdon, Virginia, here where we are, by General Francis Preston, for his family, Sarah and non-children so they needed a large house and he was rather wealthy and at that time it cost fifteen thousand dollars to build um, their home now all of the wings that are on the building now weren't here when the original home I was, was built yeah yeah but it was still a large building uh, and and that was in 1832. in 1858 The home was purchased for $21,000 and turned into an upscale finishing school for young ladies. Uh, The school was named Martha Washington College after America's first, first lady, who had been dead for about 60 years at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, And for more than 70 years, young ladies who had graduated high school could attend the college here for two years, while those who had attended two years of high school could stay for
0: four years,
2: and we've seen so many pictures on the walls of graduating faces. classes mm-hmm. and
0: like pictures in action of things that they did. And-
2: yeah, and they had a ballroom, and they had, um, there were pictures of them in the in the gym wherever the gym was at that time doing their calisthenics, and then
0: which was nice because. Back then there wasn't really a lot of women's education opportunities, mm-hmm, especially true. in the South. So it's right. a big deal.
2: It was a big deal. And I'm sure it was a very pleasant place to come and, it looked so cute. and learn. It looks
0: really nice.
2: Yeah, I would have loved to have come here if I had been alive at the time, you know. Absolutely I would have loved
0: to have come here. Absolutely. And wasn't oh so they there was a
2: boys college mm-hmm. here in Abingdon already established at that time. And so um, I'm sure many young ladies wanted to come here. Uh, was one Emery or no? That was William King.
0: Yeah, William, William King. King. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Which is right, just right down the hill of yeah. the road. Now so, it's a
2: museum. Oh, now that makes me wonder if they ever got together, like to, to have dances oh, sure or something they like had that. Socials and stuff. <laughs> the girls' college so, and yeah, the boys'
0: college. Yeah, I'm sure that was so oh, cute.
2: Um, One of the parlors downstairs is named in honor of a young woman who studied here in 1889. She was the future wife of our 28th president, Woodrow Wilson, First Lady Edith Wilson, and the parlor is named after her. Um, And so, all of these years, you know, they're turning out all of these refined young ladies from this college, and then, in 1861, the Civil War breaks out. And during the the years between 1861 and 1865, the college grounds here served as a training barracks for the Washington Mounted Rifles. Uh, Skirmishes between the North and South, between those troops happened in and around Abingdon here and resulted in wounded soldiers on both sides that needed care. And so this college became a makeshift hospital And its students became nurses caring for the sick and wounded soldiers from both sides of the conflict. So you can imagine what a different perspective those young ladies got here at school uh, as compared to the ones that had graduated earlier. But they had to become nurses and caretakers, caregivers overnight.
0: Completely different world.
2: Mm so uh, and we'll tell you some more stories about some things that happened during the civil war years later but around 1931 or 32 uh, the martha washington college closed it survived the civil war the great depression and the typhoid fever outbreak uh, that swept through this area Uh, and the school's enrollment numbers had decreased quite a bit so when uh, they closed this as a college. The building set vacant for several years which is sad to me.
0: I bet it was creepy though. Well, it
2: wasn't vacant but for about three or four years. And then uh, someone decided to open it as a hotel which was an ingenious idea. Uh, So they did and the hotel over the next 50 years changed owners numerous numerous times. And then in 1984 Uh, The United Company bought the inn and began renovating it, and they wanted to bring back, uh, to preserve the architecture here and to bring back the antiques and restore it to its original glory, and they have done a smash-bang-up job. They made it even more luxurious and attractive for visitors. As a matter of fact, it is now known as the Martha Washington Inn and Spa. And spa, And listen to this. Guests here can enjoy the accommodations that include a spa, a fitness center, tennis courts, world class a world-class pool, it's so nice, and jacuzzi, a golf course, and more. And it's also an official historic landmark of the city of Abingdon, and it's recognized as one of the Kimberly Hotel Company's fine historic properties. Uh, fun facts, President Harry Truman and Jimmy Carter... As well as first ladies eleanor roosevelt and lady bird johnson and even the actress elizabeth taylor have been guests here elizabeth now i don't know taylor. if they stayed <laughs> i don't know if they stayed in the haunted room here where we are but i thought that was some fun, <laughs> fun, <Probably facts>. not. <laughs> fun facts. yeah so uh current day the official website for this property the martha.com tells us that the original brick residence was built that was built over a century and a half ago makes up the hotel's current central structure so the main lobby uh, that we saw when we came in is the preston's original living room
0: i'm and sure the library was in there
2: i'm sure uh, you'll see that later oh ah,
0: it's beautiful
2: <laughs> and the stairway and the parlors look much like they did in the 19th century when the family was living here and i uh, Another fun fact is in the Edith Wilson Parlor, there's a beautiful and rare Dutch Baroque grandfather cloth. More than nine feet tall, uh, one of the Preston daughters had it shipped from England. So that gives you a little bit of an idea of how wealthy they were. Okay. So we have been all around and up and all down. <laughs> and
0: what, what's your favorite? The library? The library, the library. yeah. The library? Without it out. I mean, vibes immaculate. Ten out of ten.
2: Yes, and there was something about it was a whole different vibe after dark
1: yeah. when they had the
2: fireplace going and everything yeah. that it was during the daytime. And during the daytime, it's also really nice to sit. Uh, the porches and balconies here are yeah. just amazing. They have so rocking open chairs and. Nice and, and, uh, and it's been a beautiful day today. We were very blessed with a beautiful mm-hmm. day. It's been warm enough to wear a t-shirt outside. And tonight there's a big full moon out. It's just been great.
0: And when we came in, they're they're doing like trunk or treat on Main Street. Mm-hmm. So there were a ton of little <laughs> trick or treaters. So we got to see everybody's costumes. Yep. It was just very fall Halloween vibes, which I love. I love that too. Um,
2: and and I did. I got some uh, some video footage from the window when we first got here that we'll throw up <laughs> on YouTube too. Um, we're just wanting to include <laughs> you on everything. So, we've heard about the building, but now let's hear a little bit about why this is considered the most haunted building in Virginia. We don't hear much about paranormal activity here until the Civil War period. But during that time and after, there have been many, many reports. And here are a few of the more popular ones. And this first one actually has to do with the room that we're in. (laughs) Okay, love and war. (laughs) So during the Civil War, there was a student here named Beth, and she helped nurse the wounded soldiers that were brought here to Martha. A badly wounded Union captain named John Stokes found himself here under her care in this very room. In addition to nursing him, the kind-hearted Beth often played her violin to comfort him. Over time, they fell in love, as often happens. But sadly, one day, knowing that he was dying, the captain called for Beth to play something on her violin for him. When he breathed his last, she was brokenhearted, and reportedly she told the attending physician, he's been pardoned, sir, by an officer higher than General Lee. Captain Stoves is dead. The grieving young woman took some comfort from knowing that her sweetheart was no longer suffering. But just three weeks after he died, she also died of typhoid fever. Together for such a short time here on earth, the two rest in death in the Green Springs Cemetery nearby. And if you'll notice, this picture behind us on the wall here shows a young lady uh, playing a violin music was taught here to the young ladies at the college we're not sure if this is beth but it kind of gives you a picture of a young lady from the time yeah, and you can imagine ahead. beth um, the story doesn't end there however violin music is sometimes heard playing uh, on the floor uh, in the hallway some have seen a man dressed in soldier attire walking the hallway And this room where the captain died is supposedly haunted. Some guests that have stayed in this room have seen an apparition believed to be Beth. And this is the room we're staying in tonight. So,
0: I hope we see her. That would be cool. Just be
2: nice to us, Beth, if you're here. (laughs) And here's another love story. you got to love a love story, right? Another love story tells of a Confederate soldier and his college sweetheart. Tagged with informing General Robert E. Lee where the Union Army was stationed, this young soldier knew his job was a dangerous one. So before he left on his mission, he came here to say a final farewell to his love. He entered the college at night using secret tunnels and stairs. We'll talk more about the secret tunnels later. But two Union soldiers saw him and shot him. And it said that he died at his poor girlfriend's feet and that the blood spilled from his mortal wound continuously stains the floor, no matter how
0: many times the spot is
2: cleaned or what it is covered with. Where
0: is that? Where?
2: I don't know.
0: Is it in the tunnel? Is it out of the tunnel?
2: No, it was here on the ground somewhere in, in maybe the lobby area or something like that. I don't know. No. We need to ask. That's a question that I'm going to have for the front desk <laughs> is where this supposedly what happened.
0: they know though?
2: Yeah, I mean, there's I stories at
0: stake like this. I've never heard this story before. I had heard this when I was really? a little girl.
2: Mm-hmm. I grew up probably 30, 40 minutes from here. And we would come here to town you know, to shop or eat or things. And I had always heard those first two stories about Beth And then about the blood stain on the floor. That was a, a popular one that I'd heard but I couldn't find in my research where exactly that happened I'm on the property. i so curious. I know, me too. Um, and then I, won't, I will save this, this last story I found because we have um, been with a special guest this evening. Um, she leads a ghost tour here in the town, mm-hmm. and she was gracious enough to let us videotape her last story, which has to do with a haunted horse. So we'll we'll Riot-less save that for her. Phantom a riderless phantom
0: horse. Yeah, because she tells it so much better she than does. I could ever tell
2: yes. it. Yes, she She's knows so good
0: so much history. Yeah.
2: and one of the things that she told us um, was that if we would ask the night shift here, that there is a notebook mm-hmm. that the staff keeps where they record either their own experiences or ones that guests, guests tell them. Yeah. And so we asked, after the ghost tour, we came back and we asked at the front desk and the gentleman there mm-hmm. knew exactly where it was and he got it and we took it into the library and we read, and some, read, a, bunch of read a bunch of stories by the fireplace yeah. and that was really cool. We've got some of those uh, that we are going to share maybe. on social media with you. Yeah, uh, What was your favorite part of being in the library reading those stories and what's what stuck out to you?
0: My two favorites were all of the stories that we heard about the globe and how Mm -hmm. it moved because there's this huge wooden globe very heavy globe in there in the corner of the library and a lot of the stories had to do with that globe moving on its own. And so when we went over there to move it, first of all, it takes some effort to move mm-hmm. that thing. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a heavy wooden globe.
2: And it's in mm-hmm. a big wooden stand.
0: But the sound <laughs> that it makes, it's really? so, it's like the stereotypical creepy, like creaking noise. Like mm-hmm. it's so <laughs> like right up my alley. I was like, Oh, I love this so much. And it's very distinctive. And I, I also kind of heard, I don't know if you heard this, but when we tested it both times, it was like the same exact Mm -hmm. noise, but so very obvious to anybody Mm -hmm. working here what it would be. And then my other favorite story that we read, and we didn't record this one, but it was about a guest that stayed, I think, in 404, that had their face scratched. And the person recording it wasn't the guest. It was like somebody at the front desk. And they said that this person was actually a detective that was here to work on a cold case that she was working Mm -hmm. on where a girl had been raped and murdered, not here, but the guy that did it had relocated to Johnson City. And so she was here to collect some DNA. And I just thought that was so interesting.
2: That was very interesting. Yeah. That
0: would be weird. It would be weird to wake up and, you know,
2: even if you didn't see anything, to feel something. And yeah. one of the stories. There was some other ones, too, about yeah, getting scratched. About getting scratched and, like, scratched enough to bleed. They yeah. were bleeding. Um, and then there was one that creeped me out about uh, a young lady that stayed here and felt hands dr- pulling her, her, by, her the ankle ankle. by the ankle. And she was so scared that she went down to the front desk and said, I'm not staying in that room. And so they moved her to to another room. Um, Was that your favorite part of tonight? Oh, so many favorites tonight, but that story I think was one of my favorites. And then the other (laughs) one you were saying about the globe, um, the front desk is the front desk area is right beside the library. Yes, and so right there you if you globe. are working the front desk at night, if there's no, I mean, you're the only one down there and it's this is a huge building. Mm-hmm. And so um, if you were working, the, if I was working the front desk and I heard that globe moving, and one of it said one of the night attendants heard it five or six times in the same night and there was no one else
0: downstairs i'd be leaning over the desk every time (laughs) um hello i don't know yeah (laughs) (laughs) can y'all stop or like we get it we hear you can you calm down yeah um
2: but it it's weird because it's a paradox because you're you're here, and it's so cozy, and mm-hmm. and then you read these stories like this, and I don't know if it makes your imagination go a little bit
0: wilder. Yeah. But some of them, some of the stories were even like, we didn't know anything about the ghost stories Yeah, this happened, whether that was true or not, whatever. But some people probably do come here not knowing any of the history and right. do have some weird experiences. Mm-hmm. But I also thought it was interesting that on one hand you have – those scratching people and yanking their ankles but then there was another story about this woman was looking all over for a bath mat or a towel to use as a bath mat couldn't find one in her whole room mm-hmm. so she was just like okay whatever I'll take a shower and then she gets out of the shower and somebody had like perfectly placed or something had perfectly placed a hand towel for her to get out of the shower and she was like, it just made me smell so big. I was so happy with the ghosts. <laughs> like, are they good or are they not good? What's going on? I don't know. I, I they, think you know it's probably you, the
2: best of both worlds, honestly. It probably is. And the building has been here so long and has seen so many different mm-hmm. lives, you know, lives come through here. I just, it would be interesting to to know all of the history and the things that these walls have heard and seen, especially when you think about a gruesome time like the Civil War when, I mean, soldiers were in pain. They were dying. They were, and these poor girls, they went from taking, you know, etiquette classes and music classes and French classes to, you know, having to give up their
0: room their bed and and work and like bandage up Mm -hmm. these men who were missing limbs and bleeding out i could never like i i'm i'm not good with that stuff so i would not be good with that right and the town probably had maybe one or two doctors at that time
2: uh and i didn't realize I'm a big Civil War history buff, and I didn't realize how many skirmishes had happened around here. I never realized that the grounds were used as, like, training barracks. They were, like, literally camped-out soldiers, you know, outside on the grounds doing their training exercises and things.
0: Me neither, and that really made me wonder because I just live right up the street. Mm -hmm. So now I'm like... Oh, now you're like, I wonder if anything happened to my houses. Probably not like training all the way that far down, but like I wonder if there was any Civil War like action anywhere near there. Yeah. I'm curious. I mean my house wasn't built until like 1945, but still like the grounds in that Mm -hmm. area around them. Yeah. I'm curious now. I really wonder. (laughs) You should do some research on that. Or maybe not. Maybe I might. (laughs) I I think it would be interesting to know. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it would. And uh, we mentioned about a tunnel. Uh, mm-hmm. secret tunnels um, secret tunnel. right across the street <laughs> is the border theater which is the nation's longest running professional theater and it opened in 1932 and it said that there was a tunnel built to connect underground the theater with the Martha Washington because and isn't
0: that one that goes down to the Cape House too or am I crazy I th- No, I think there I think, think there is I think there is a the tunnel
2: that goes yeah down to the cave house. Um but the actors, you know, that were in these plays often stayed here when the inn was, you know, first opened as a hotel in nineteen thirty five and uh maybe they were real popular, you know, and People wanted to see him in a costume afterwards, and they just had had a late night and were tired, and wanted to come here and go to sleep. And so yeah. they would go through the tunnels.
0: Maybe it kind of ruins the illusion, too, to see
2: an yeah. actor in their
0: costume off stage. So they yeah. didn't want to ruin that for everybody. So I can see why they would want another entrance mm-hmm. and exit.
2: But evidently, people in the town and even the soldiers knew about the secret tunnels. Uh, you know, because the one soldier, that's how he got over here to say goodbye to his sweetheart. Uh, But the tunnels, the stories that you hear about the tunnel that runs from here across the street to the barter say that uh, the tunnels are haunted and you can often hear things down there that are creepy, disembodied voices and, and things like that. So I don't know where the tunnel is or how you would get in there. I would love to go in there oh gosh, sometime. Okay. I, <laughs> I just don't know if they've closed them up due to safety reasons or whatever, you know. Um, but surely there's someone <laughs> out there who knows <laughs> if the tunnel's still uh, open. And if you're watching, yeah. On the let very us go rare in there. <laughs> If you're watching, please our let us go in there. <laughs> Because, I mean, we could be back. Lindsay just lives right down the road. <laughs> oh yeah, I'll come anytime.
1: There <laughs> and I live right. about,
2: what, an hour and a half from here. Um, and I've always, ever since I was a little girl, and we would come to town, and we would pass by here,
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, I just would, all, I was amazed. I was in awe of the place mm-hmm. and how beautiful it was. And I always wanted to stay here. Me that too. Was, and so. This is
0: the first time I've ever been in here. Yeah.
2: So I'm like. I know. So. We're not sure what we're going to capture tonight, but we are going to use our digital recorder and we have a night cam that we're going to set up to see if we can capture.
0: To capture the whole room. Like we're going to set it up here so we can
2: see. So it can see everything. And uh, it's motion, a motion Motion detection, yeah. So who knows what we'll capture in here when the lights
0: go down. And I do think I would be remiss if I didn't say that, what was the name of the family that first built this house?
2: The Prestons.
0: The Prestons allegedly, I haven't done a ton of research, but allegedly did own slaves. Mm -hmm. And there were some dark history about the treatment of those slaves. Mm -hmm. So while the Martha Washington is beautiful and really nice, there are some some heavier parts mm-hmm. that I think it's important to bring attention to.
2: Right, that's right. That was a that was a whole different time for people yeah. of color, and yeah, we definitely Awful. definitely want to bring attention to that. Um, I've not
0: really heard um, any ghost stories involving possible right. like slave spirits, but I mean that was definitely a thing that happened. If not here, definitely in the town of Abingdon. Mm -hmm, For sure. Because I know that there were... I went to Emory Henry College, which is just up the road, Mm -hmm. and I know that there was a history of slavery
2: in that
0: area. Yeah, there was some slaves that Mm -hmm. worked on campus. Oh, really? I don't think... I think so. And I don't think it was for very long, Mm -hmm. but I do know that there was a history. Um, Because I follow them on Instagram, and they had posted something on Instagram about one of the people of color that worked on the grounds mm-hmm. and something about how she achieved something at the college did something for the college and when i went to emory we didn't really talk about i had never really heard anything mm-hmm. about slavery at the college mm-hmm. until they had made that post and i was like huh I, mean, I don't remember it five years! Yeah, and I don't remember anybody ever saying anything about that. Huh. Which, I mean, we're still in the South, so it could yeah. be swept under the rug. I right. don't really like to talk about that. Mm-hmm. But it is a part of the history from here, unfortunately. Unfortunately. Yeah.
2: So, on that note, We'll tell you a little bit about what we're gonna do after this recording. We're gonna set up our uh, camera, our night cam. Mm-hmm. Kinda gonna turn the lights down. Um, I don't think I'll be getting any sleep tonight. I'm not sure, but
0: oh, I'm probably gonna do this off here yet. and there, yeah. <laughs> For sure.
2: We're gonna yeah. I'm we're, tired. <laughs> so I'm gonna do we're gonna do some things with the digital recorder, so if we can capture any or anything like that. Um, and anything that we capture on camera, on digital, we will share with you guys. And Fingers crossed. Yes, fingers crossed. To see. This episode will drop on Halloween. Uh, so you'll be seeing us when you're celebrating Halloween. It's still a few days away for us but uh, we wanted to make it the spookiest uh, that we could for you all. And another thing I have to mention Our fellow co-host, Ryan, was going to be here with us and wanted so much to be here with us tonight, but his family is sick with strep throat and he's not feeling too great himself. So shout out to Ryan. We're going to try to do it right (laughs) and uh, we want to include him uh, in some way. So we've been messaging back and forth with him throughout the evening so that um, he's real anxious to know if we picked up any activity or what's going on He He's really gung ho about that, so I hope we get something for him. And uh, we will. We'll see you guys on the
0: flip side. See you on the flip side, stay spooky. <laughs>
2: than 25 years, Donna Marie Emmert, the haint mistress of Abingdon, has shared the town's secrets, legends, and ghost stories on her guided spirit tours. She has a master's degree in storytelling and, to quote her, an outrageous love for all things Halloweeny and that go bump in the night and a ferocious attraction to history. So combined, these skills make for memorable entertainment for guests on her tours. We've had the privilege of being on one of her tours, and she was gracious enough to let us record the last story of her tour in Abingdon on October twenty eighth, twenty twenty three. Here's the Hank Mistress. Full
1: moon. Would you like to howl? Yes. Count of three. One. Two, two and three quarters. <laughs> three. <laughs> not bad, not bad. Good job, good job everybody. Well, I have always said that if Abingdon was an egg, the courthouse would be the yolk, because it sits pretty much in the center of the original 120 acres that was given originally to make this town. Now our courthouses have always sat on top of this hillside one side of the street or the other. The story I'm going to tell you tonight deals with the third courthouse, the one that sat here before this one did. But first, a little background information. In the 1850s, Abingdon was a very prosperous town. Very prosperous. I mean, first of all, we had the train come through town. And if you've ever seen a western in your life, you know how important that was. Well, we also had, uh, according to the 1860 census, in this county, we had 100 water wheels. 50 of them were for grinding grain. The other 50 were for sawing lumber. That's, that's a lot of stuff going on. We had a major wagon manufacturer here in town. It's called Hayden Wagons. Beautiful, beautiful vehicles. Some of them still exist today and are still used. We also had two institutions of higher learning. We had the Abingdon Mail Academy which you all know today as the William King Museum, that place was supposed to be on par with the Citadel, okay? Then we had the Martha Washington Girls College open. Little footnote, Martha Washington never set foot in that place, okay? Mm -hmm. If she had us, she'd have scared the hell out of us because when it opened, she'd already been dead for 60 years. Mm -hmm. But you are sitting in Washington County, Virginia. And someone said, well, we named something for the husband, now we're going to name something for the wife. And that's how we got that story, got that name. Well, everything is going wonderfully well until April of 1861. And of course, that's when the Civil War broke out. Now, originally, everyone in the nation said, this war is going to be over in three weeks. And all the able-bodied young men rushed off to go fight. And then everybody said, this war is going to be over in six weeks. Well, we saw how that happened. But Abingdon continued to prosper, but things slowed down. And by 1864, we were no longer prosperous. In fact, we were definitely All the farmers had essentially signed up to go to go fight, and there was nobody to put out crops. Then that fall there was no furlough granted for the farmers to come home and harvest. So there went that. That summer there had been two epidemics that swept through this town. One of them was said to be yellow fever, and the other was typhoid. Two very horrible ways to die. And by the end of the summer, the very weak, the very old, and very young, were all dead. And just when he thought it could not get any worse, the middle of December of 64, we had a Union troop movement called Stoneman's Raid, move through this town. Now, Stoneman's men had taken a page from the playbook written by General Sherman, a little footnote on that. On the eve of setting fire to Atlanta, Sherman actually sent a telegram to Abraham Lincoln saying, don't you think we need to be doing the same thing to Abingdon? Well, it happened. Stoneman's raid was burning its way through East Tennessee, coming through Southwest Virginia, and coming toward us. They stomped Kingsport. They stomped Goodson, which today, of course, is Bristol. However, when they got to us, They were a little kinder and I'm not exactly sure why. I have been told that a number of the officers in Stoneman's Stoneman's group had family here in town and they didn't want to burn their families' homes down. Then I read that when Stoneman's men were marching in they were met by a group of concerned citizens with a signed petition asking them to please stay. Because remember when you have no men You have no law. And there were bad things that were happening out in that county. There were arsons and robberies. There'd been a couple of murders. We had bushwhackers. And we would rather have been occupied than just left alone. Well, Stoneman's Raid said thanks but no thanks and they began to set fire to the town. However, they set fire to the train depot. And right across the street was Hertz Grocery Store. They had been supplying the confederacy, so they got burned out. The jail was burned, some buildings that had been used for barracks. The original newspaper office, because you always take out communications. And uh, down where the Methodist Church is now, there was a stable. Well, the man had been supplying fresh horses to the confederacy. If you had been a citizen here in this town at that time, you would not have been sleeping comfortably that night. You probably weren't sleeping at all. Everybody was really afraid of what could happen next. And that's the reason there were so many people out in the street that night who saw what did happen next. About midnight, one Union soldier rode up to the front of his old courthouse. He threw his reins down to a man who was standing here, climbed the steps, kicked open the doors, and the next thing we knew, our courthouse was on fire. Then he came out with a torch in his hand, and he zigzagged across Main Street, and he set fire to every building and every business for just about over a block. And then he marched back up the middle of Main Street, got on his horse, and instead of riding away, he sat here and he watched. And he was very happy with himself. When folks got close enough to him that they could see his face, they recognized him. He was from Abingdon. His name was James Wyatt. And the last time he had been in this courthouse, things had not gone his way. This was a revenge burning, of which there were many toward the end of the war. He had found no justice here, and all those businesses and all those buildings he would set on fire, they belonged to the man he'd been in a lawsuit with. It was perfect. Only his undoing was he sat here and he gloated well, there was a band of Confederate soldiers on the next rise over. They saw the new flames in the Abbey, the night sky, and they rode into town. Now, if you had been a little further down the street, you would have seen James Wyatt riding hellbent for leather right down the middle of Main Street with four men behind him shooting at him. And this entire hillside was ablaze. None of those bullets hit him until he reined his horse to the left of Church Street to make good his escape. And when he did, one of those mini balls hit him square in the spine. And as his horse topped the hill, he came out of the saddle. And the horse continued on. And it's that horse that continues on to this very day. Folks have said that when they've been sitting on the front porch of the Martha Washington in broad daylight, a horse just comes out of there, dashes the drive in front of them, and then disappears. Others have said that when they've been spending the night with Martha, especially on a full moon, they've looked out the windows on the back and down in the meadow, down next to the railroad tracks, there's a horse, and it's full gear, down there grazing very peacefully understand why it's there. Well if they asked me I could tell them it's the ghost horse of the Martha Washington or the ghost horse of Barbara Green it's all the same horse. Well now this is Abingdon's best-known ghost story and it also just happens to be true. Now I've told this story for years and I've always had kids come up to me and they say, like oh, I've seen that horse and I always think to myself like, yeah I'm sure you have and then I'm thinking to myself Good job tonight, all right. Then I had a very serious young woman come up to me and she said, you know that story is true, don't you? I said, sweetheart, please. I said, come on, I said, it's a story. I said, it's a darn good story, but it's a story. She said, no, she said, you don't understand. She said, my husband is on the police force here in town and he answered a 911 call from a very upset motorist on Main Street, Abingdon. Will someone please come catch this crazy horse that's running loose in front of Martha Washington? He pulls up out front, gets out of his car, and what's standing in the middle of Main Street? A horse. They look at each other. The horse then turned and ran up on Verna Green and disappeared argue with that. So, all I can say is, if you're walking down Main Street Abingdon, day or night, and you hear a clip clop behind you, it is not going to be from a carriage ride. So, them is my stories. I hope you've had an enjoyable evening. And you might be thinking to yourself, oh, oh yeah, that was kind of fun. You know, I learned a couple of things, but Wasn't really scary. Well, tonight, when you go to bed, and you pull your little covers up under your chin, you're gonna think about me. (laughs) Thank you all very much, and happy Halloween.